Hello there, and welcome to the Stay Off My Lawn podcast, where we'll have a little fun, lots of laughs, and discussions on the common sense that needs to be applied to a lot of today's world news issues. And now, the disclaimer. Stay Off My Lawn is not intended as legal, medical, or financial advice. Void where prohibited. No purchase necessary to win. Open to legal U.S. residents 18 or over in the contiguous 48 states. Any resemblance to anyone living or deceased is purely coincidental. Actual price may vary. Only use as directed. Not a member of FDIC. And now, here are your hosts, Mike and Richard. Hi, welcome to, uh, <laughs> it sounds exciting. Welcome to this week's edition of Stay Off My Lawn. <laughs> it's December 11th, 2023, and it's episode 47. And again, I know all that December 11th is not Tuesday. We normally upload on Tuesday, but we've got stuff to do tomorrow. Get over it. Um, yeah. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> We're still bringing you content, so stop it. <laughs> it, was, it, it worked for yes. uh, Elon, I thought, you know, let's give it a try. That's right. He, oh. he, he was even more harsh with that word. Yeah. Yes, we're, I, I, I won't go quite that harsh. I can, I don't want to. Um, and, oh, the most exciting thing is we're always looking to find ways to, that say we're doing something. <laughs> this little podcast, people, is heard in 14 countries. That's right. That's right. Including the U.S. as, as the U.S. goes right now. But I, I think that's kind of neat. 14 countries, yeah. in, including Guatemala, Azerbaijan. I don't have the list in front of me right now, but it's like countries you just wouldn't think. I mean, I don't even think Australia. Well, Guatemala on the list. just jumped on the. Wasn't it Guatemala? <laughs> yeah, you said? Guatemala. The last couple of days, somebody in Guatemala has been listening. So yeah, jumped on the bandwagon. Is like, <laughs> uh, Guata- oh, okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> Very interesting. Uh, so, welcome, people. We love having uh, uh, different folks in different countries. Absolutely, so. and you can uh, email us if you want to get involved in the show. S M S O M L. See, I'm t- I keep doing this. I need to just start over. <laughs> it's not S O L. No. S- <laughs> It's uh, it's SOL because you live in America. <laughs> and, uh, no, it's SOML at duck.com. Or you can call us and leave us a voicemail, which is even better. 770-727-6443. And if it's, uh, you know, you mentioned Richard's beautiful beard that he's got going on right now. We will uh, we will actually take that recording and put it on the show. So what the heck? Yeah. You're, you'd have to go to Instagram to see our promos. Yeah, well, no, our promos, you're, we're yeah. putting them up on YouTube and, and stuff. And yeah. on Rumble. We're on Rumble also. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yep. Like, we're we're getting to be popular, <laughs> folks. We're just everywhere now. And if you want just those links rather than me telling you all the, the URLs, just go to uh, stayoffmylawn.us and all the links are there. You'll be able to find them. And, uh, you know, just start clicking away. You're going to find it. Um, so, uh, how was your weekend? We normally start. Well, it was a football Saturday. Um, we had two games to watch. So, uh, it was the traditional army Navy game and, uh, my beautiful bride, we have both of our son-in-laws are in the Navy. And so that's who we always root. I have a full shirt, fear the goat. You know, because that's the mascot. I have it on my hat too, and I go in there. Well, I did that last year, and I still have the. I only wear that once a year, and I go there this year. And the husband and wife have matching T-shirts of uh, "Go Army, Beat Navy." (laughs) So we have some good natured. This is what's missing in America. We can have some good natured ribbing. I mean, he's uh, with the service and everything. Something like eighteen years in the in the army um, with. Uh, reservist and all that kind of stuff. So we had a good time with that. But prior to that game, we had to watch online uh, our local, there's a small college that's in the NAIA division of football. 
And this is the first time they have ever been this deep in the playoffs for the NAIA. They were in the semifinals and they were on the four yard line and couldn't get a touchdown, would have tied the game up and then they could have played some more. Both teams were just back and forth and it was just a good, hard, hard fought game. Very few penalties. They did a terrific job and they have nothing to hold their hold their head down about. They they played terrific. They didn't win. But, mm. you know, it was just a good and they did this thing at the end of the game. These smaller universities seem to do this where they have the lineup like you do in prep football or baseball where that big line and you go oh, good game, good yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They still do that. Now the bigger colleges they don't. It's like eh, just ain't eh, at the other team. Well why? It's you elitism. Know, everybody was like, it was a big, long line and they went across and it was, it was nice to see the yeah, sportsmanship yeah. and it was, it was fun. Just a, I think the pros should game. be doing that too. I mean, it, sometimes you see them get together and talk to each other at the pros and, uh, but yeah. no, I agree. I, I think that, you know, once it's, it's like pro wrestling. We, I think we made the same analogy last week. It's like after the game is over, why not just go and, uh, and shake hands and, and tell jokes or whatever, and just kind of let everybody get along. Cause it was, yeah. it was a performance. It was, it, it was a, it was hard fought and everything, but man, you know, I don't know. Yeah. You got to respect the other team when you know, they've given it their all, whether they won yeah. or lost. And you're just the touchdown off and they had a, Another time that they were right down and went forward on fourth instead of kicking field goal, which wouldn't have done much good at this point in time. But it was fun. The same thing with the Army-Navy game. It went right down to the last. They couldn't get it punched across the goal line with just seconds to go in the game. They went forward on fourth down and were stuffed and stopped on like the half-yard line. They couldn't mm -hmm. get in. Mm -hmm. So Army, then when they got the ball, they let that clock go clear down to nothing. And then they backed up and he just stepped out of the end zone. So Navy got two more points. They lost by five points. But again, it was a good, hard-fought game. Very few penalties. And I like their tradition of you go down to the Army end of things and you sing, their, wait, they were second. They won. So the team that lost, you go sing to them first, which is the Navy. And the Navy goes down and the army stands behind them while they're singing their alma mater Navy song, whatever. And then they go down to the other end of the field where all the army guys are from the Academy. And then they sing down at their end oh, when they're so done. I didn't, I didn't even know they did that. That's it. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Uh, for the commander's cup, I think it's what it's called. Something like that. Uh, air force and army played and air force should have won. They didn't, they got their, <laughs> Patushka's handed to them, Air Force did. And they did the same thing with Air Force and Army that Army Navy did. Yeah. So when they oh, play each cool. other, they go down and, and sing their, their deal. So that's that's kind of nice. And and even the winning team stands there respectfully. And yeah. it's another one of those kind of cool Especially things. Especially with the, with the service teams. I mean, at the end of the day, everybody knows we're all in the same team and we're all together and it has nothing to do with. I mean, it, you, you were saying good nature ribbing. You and I rib each other all the time. You're always messing with me. But it's like you know, <laughs> within veterans are the same way. I was like, I was at a store the other day and I had an Air Force shirt on and a guy was uh, was walking out. He goes, Air Force. And I kind of like, I looked and turned around. He said something about, 
you know, when I was deployed, uh, we would always go over to the Air Force chow hall because they had so much better food because we always <laughs> hated you for that. And, and we both just laughed. It's like, I never saw the guy before in my life. But it's like, you, you know, there is a camaraderie. There is something, you know, that's always there. It, it's just, I don't know. It, and, and you and you rib. Uh, I've got a friend of mine that was uh, that was in the Army, and I've got a, a meme that I just saw last week where it's, uh, you, you know, the two women screaming and crying, and then you got the cat over there responding. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, the two women are, are, are supposedly, it says army. It says, you aren't even in the real military. And, and the, the cat says Air Force. He goes, I'm trying to understand why my janitor is yelling at me. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, but, you know, that that's the kind of thing. He just wrote back and said, that's really funny right there. But, I mean, because you don't care. Uh, every, you know, we, you were all in for the, the, the same reason and, and, you know, the to prepare for yep. war and, and everybody was together, even though you, we rib each other, the jarhead thing and the flyboy thing. And it's always been that way. It's good. It's one of the last things that we can, we can, uh, stand together with anyway. Um, so anyway, we like to start off the show with some intellectual comments from our commander in chief. Speaking <laughs> of all, all together, uh, <laughs> isn't that a, what do they call that? A, um, moronic statement or what is it? Anyway, I Oh, oh, I know what you're saying. It, it's uh, it, uh, I can't remember it either. We'll think of it as we're gone, as it plays. Here it is. It's Uncle Joe's Wisdom of the Week. Four years of infrastructure week, but it failed. He failed. On my watch, instead of infrastructure week, America's having infrastructure decade. <laughs> decade. Over a billion, 300 million, trillion, 300 million dollars. Trump just talks the talk. We walk the walk. Look. He likes to say America's a failing nation. Frankly, he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. <laughs> I think the word you were trying to think of is oxymoron. Oxymoron. Yeah, I thought yeah. of it as soon as you started playing it. Yes, we, we're, we're both intelligent. Just yeah. we're a step soul. <laughs> That's all. And I'm writing, I'm trying to write down what 300 million trillion, 300 million is. You and can't write that I, number. I was trying to, I did, I did that. This, you did that. See, that's you this time. <laughs> I did that this weekend just for giggles. I saw it and I went, you can't write that number. It's not possible. I mean, I got a cramp in my hand from too many zeros. <laughs> oh yeah, you got to walk the walk just to count all the zeros if you're going down. If, if you actually can... I, I don't know how you write that. It was, it, it's just, it's just not possible. <laughs> yeah, I know. I forgot to hit the clock. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for being back. We're glad to have some time. Oh, yeah, off I know. I know. How much vacation yeah, yeah, does he yeah. get? He gets a lot of vacation. I'm just really surprised. That, uh, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. He, he noted and I went, oh yeah, I forgot <laughs> to hit the clock. So I'm, you're gonna have to keep I'm, track of it on your end. I got one. That's on my gonna side. be difficult for you because <laughs> I can't tell time. I mean, if it wasn't for that, I'd be fine. It'd be all over it. Um, <laughs> speaking of presidents, here's one that uh, that if if former president, if he said it today, it would get him thrown under the, the liberal school bus. And you know, Kamala says, you know, who doesn't love a yellow school bus? But anyway, here is uh, a blast from the past. I believe that together we can make America great again. Not only in the states most heavily affected, but in every place in this country are rightly disturbed by the large numbers of illegal aliens entering our country. The jobs they hold might otherwise be held by citizens or legal immigrants. 
The public service they use impose burdens on our taxpayers. That's why our administration has moved aggressively to secure our borders more by hiring a record number of new border guards, by deporting twice as many criminal aliens as ever before, by cracking down on illegal hiring, by barring welfare benefits to illegal aliens. In the budget I will present to you, we will try to do more to speed the deportation of illegal aliens who are arrested for crimes, to better identify illegal aliens in the workplace as recommended by the commission headed by former Congresswoman Barbara Jordan. We are a nation of immigrants, but we are also a nation of laws. It is wrong and ultimately self-defeating for a nation of immigrants to permit the kind of abuse of our immigration laws we have seen in recent years, and we must do more to stop it. I'm, I'm, I had to Google Workface and I couldn't find it, but, um, but yeah, I, I have to, what the what the heck's a Workface? Got to got to give him a hard time too. Monday, I got to go to work. <laughs> is that a is that a Workface? It might be. It might especially on Monday. It's a Workface, I would think. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. Well, that's uh, uh, I didn't know he was supporting Trump. We're going to make America great again, I, I and we're going to do all this stuff. And so uh, let's put that wall up. And oh wait, no, this it, was. Uh, a few years ago, it had to be 96 or so. Yeah, 20, 25. Well, you're getting close to almost 30 years ago. Oh my gosh, wow, the 90s, like at four or five years it ago, was just yeah, it wasn't that long ago. It seems like that's when I retired in the 90s. No, no, that's, <laughs> um, now, you know, with that illegal immigration, we do have we've had an uptick in crime in a lot of these uh sanctuary cities and sanctuary states. No, I really? know. I know it's got to be just coincidence, um, but there was a in L.A. A TV station reported on a break in at a construction company, and it seems at least uh, in this one particular area, frustration levels are extremely high uh, because of all this unchecked crime, which you know the liberal cities aren't really good at dealing with. Caught on camera at a local construction company in L.A.'s Glassell Park, several thieves are involved, and tonight that owner tells us he's frustrated. This whole strip has been broken to. Our neighbors have broken to four times. These guys just got broken to two months ago. What are we supposed to do? We're a small construction company. Ryan Bagley, the latest victim on this Glassell Park Street, to get burglarized by several thieves, so many, it's hard to count. As you watch them file into and out of Bagley's business, Delta Construction and Electric. They smashed into our gate over there, smashed their gate into here. 15 dudes come pouring in. The getaway car, this blue Kia Soul, Bagley says, was stolen from LAPD's impound yard. And the cops just knew that it was from the LAPD impound because of the chalk mark on the window. Stole six of our guitars, a bunch of studio mics and stuff like that. They stole a bunch of tools. And I came in ready to rustle them out of there and just be like, you know, I'm, I wanted to at least take down a few of them. His business now boarded up and Bagley is fed up with the break-ins and elected officials. I voted for Karen Bass, I voted for Biden, I voted for Gavin Newsom. I'm sick of it. It's like at some point you have to give me a reason to vote for you again. <laughs> I don't think this is it. <laughs> You had reasons before, but you went, oh, it'll get better with the same people doing the same things to get different results. See, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, I even though I can sympathize with this guy, it's your fault. 
it's your fault. You knew what you were voting for. They were very clear on what their their agendas were. They were very clear on, you know, not prosecuting people that stole under $1,000. They, they were very clear when they were running for office. I think Karen Bass was, was the same as Gavin Newsom as far as being lined up with all those, those agendas. It's your fault. I, I hate it for you, but it's your fault. You keep voting for folks with a D behind their name, it's not going to get any better. Nope, it sure won't. It sure won't. Hey, we're up against a break. Uh, when we come back, Poland has their issues, no doubt. But uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what uh, what their prime minister just had to say to the UN. It's it's very interesting. So hang in there. We'll be great prime minister. He'll <laughs> tell you what's up. Yes, he will. Hang in there. We'll be right back. This is what happens when you mix opinionated old guys and microphones. Stay off my lawn. We'll be right back. Eleven years is a long time. Over eleven years, you'll shave off one and a half meters of facial hair. You'll breathe enough air to fill 20 huge hot air balloons. You'll see 937 cats out of the corner of your eye. And you would listen to this radio advert over eight million times. A lot can happen in 11 years, but while the world moves on, you'll still have the record of a 12-month driving ban on your license. Time, gentlemen, please. Think. Don't drink and drive. Well, welcome back to Stay Off My Lawn. Segment two, we're going to go to uh, the UN and the Prime Minister of Poland. His name is uh, Matuz Morawiecki. Very uh, easy for you to I mean, say. I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm stabbing in the dark here, buddy. Um, <laughs> he was recently talking to them and uh, he had some extremely good points. Uh, here it is. The lowest unemployment in European Union is Poland. The highest GDP after COVID in European Union is Poland. One of the lowest debts in European Union is Poland. So don't give us this rubbish about the need of educated immigration, as we heard yesterday. We don't need your doctors. We don't need your engineers. Take them, take them all and pay for them. We don't need them. You know why? Because there's a zero terrorist attacks in Poland. Why? Because because there is no illegal migration in Poland. So don't give me this look. Don't give me this arguments about the populism. Because this is a fact. This is your data from Eurostat. So we don't need your engineers. We don't need your doctors. Take them. Do not do not do not teach us. Do not do not teach us about democracy. Because we know what the democracy is. So learn from Poland, be like Poland. Thank you very much. <laughs> they were giving him the, the stink eye overall. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. He didn't give a rat. Nope. Just like the guy, the, the uh, uh, premier, president, whatever they are of, of uh, Hungary. Yeah. So uh, I love both these guys. It's like, no, we're, we're doing what we want for our country. Your country, mind your own damn business and go away. This... Um, <laughs> And again, they're having another World Economic Forum meeting. <laughs> and again, they said, we can lead and say we're leading all we want. But when you don't have any followers, 
it's starting. The wheels are getting wobbly and about yes, to fall off, yes, and they're they not happy about it at all. Nope. And it's one thing to be autonomous from the UN, and you know they're trying to push everybody in the direction of of accepting all the immigration, specifically what what the Prime Minister of Poland was saying. But it's like he was what he was saying made sense. It's like it, it's not just we're doing our own thing; we're doing our own thing, and it's working. The GDP is high. The uh, the crime is low. I mean, what? If it, what they were doing just didn't make any difference as far as the bottom line went, then they'd be like, yeah, okay, well, they're just doing their own thing. It doesn't matter. What they're doing is working. So yes. why, why wouldn't they be the leaders as opposed to these uh, oligarchs that they've appointed themselves as, as leaders? Like you said, yeah. when, when you're a leader, if nobody's following. Yeah, yeah you can you can <laughs> say you're whatever you want, but if you turn around, there's nobody behind you. Uh, follow the leader. The game is over. <laughs> There's nobody doing it. But I, uh, I saw a funny thing yesterday. Was talking about leaders. Um, there was someone doing a man on the street. Arg, uh, not argument. Um, interview with different people in the Bronx oh, in boy. New York. Yeah, and they're all saying, "Look, this is not working." I had more money in my pocket. We had a wonderful life when. <laughs> Trump was there. Yeah. And now they're trying to BS, Biden's trying to say, oh, all right, this Bidenomics is working. The hell it is. They're trying to say, look how much better it is. From when? Yeah. <laughs> because, oh, it went, it's like uh, uh, some of the jewelry stores will do a big sale, 50% off. Well, you raise the prices up, which the wife and I were both looking at some of this stuff on. Um, uh, Cyber Monday, mm. and she was going, "What? What? When did the some <laughs> of the stuff the price went up? Now they're giving you thirty percent off, and it's more than it was three weeks ago." Oh yeah, oh yeah. I the thirty percent off is more than like I was looking at maybe getting maybe one more thing for to rebuild my computer with, and went. No. no, there were, there were no real sales sale. this year for sure. No, I saw a video where somebody was in Target and they saw the the sign where it said clear or, or uh, sale holiday sale or whatever it was Black Friday sale, and they reached behind the the display and they pulled out the the the, <laughs> the card that had the previous price on it. It was exactly yes. the same. Yep. <laughs> I saw one where it had sale beside it, and somebody did that, and it was one cent difference yeah isn't that something i mean it's like come on but unfortunately you know and i do think people are waking up to that kind of thing but but still yeah. unfortunately that they just believe that we're all stupid and just will buy whatever they say yeah i love this polish guy and this is what the, the trump was doing when he was in charge was yeah. like no we're not doing that yeah. no who we're not paying you any right. we're we're done. And as soon as Biden get in, oh, who got their money right quick again? You got to wonder if he inspired some of these guys because, you know, nobody really had the guts to say anything to these people. I mean, they they kind of went untethered and just said whatever they wanted to say at, at one point. And then Trump came in and said, no, who the heck do you think you are? And uh, so I think a lot of these guys are going, you know, <laughs> we can do the same thing. And they are. Well, they just uh, uh, voted out the socialist party in Argentina. And if you've seen the yeah. guy, excuse me, if you've seen the guy who got in as president, <laughs> he don't look like a president. He looks no. like something in a sixties uh, uh, band playing backup for the Beatles or something. His hair looks like, <laughs> like a cross between Boris Yeltsin and Trump. <laughs> yes. 
but boy, he don't mince words. You get yeah. stuff that's done. He is extremely passionate about the people. Yeah. Socialism doesn't work. The people capitalism makes it better for everybody. And he is extremely passionate and they're tired of not having anything in Argentina and they voted him out. They're yeah. just shocked. It's, it's awesome. I love it. You know, I mean, and he's very much a libertarian, he, you know, but libertarianism right. is probably where we should be leaning the way things yep. are right now. I mean, because you, you want the government out of your life instead of more government. I mean, I, I don't yeah. know anybody. Well, just, yeah, just like Poland. It's like, get it. This is not your problem. We're doing things our way and it's working and we have the best. Capitalism is working for us. Essentially, the uh, gentleman in, in Hungary said exactly the same thing. And, yeah. and a lot of these countries are going, mm, yeah, there was another country that, oh, uh, Spain's having a major, you talk oh, about yes. <laughs> an insurrection. They don't know in D.C. what an insurrection is when you've got millions, literally Every street that went whatever direction, as far as you could see, was mm. people. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's not going well. The it's, Socialist Party in Spain's about to go down, too. Well, they, they, And I they, think it, oh, and what's the other one? Uh, uh, the Netherlands. Yeah. Also. Well, because. Green they, Party, we, screw them. They voted them all out. They really overstepped when they said that they were going to take over a lot of their farmland. And it's yep. like, you know, and they were, I think they're driving their tractors up to Amsterdam again or, or wherever. They, they were going up the steps with, because these four wheel tractors <laughs> will pretty much go up about anywhere. But, you know, I mean, everybody is going to be concerned. Well, it's just another January 6th. It's like, you know, it, it, these kind of things happen in every country where where the the or in a lot of countries where the government oversteps and and oppresses the people too much there's uprisings and that's just kind of how how it goes and ours was very mild compared to any uprising in the past anything that I've ever read anybody who who knows history uprisings are not anywhere near as peaceful as what happened on January 6th that wasn't even an uprising that was like a tour group is what that was yeah basically they were all staying within the lines and going and nobody was bothering yeah. anything and they were making it all out like they were in there destroying no, nothing happened. Nothing like the crap that was going on from Antifa, who was being paid but for by uh, Soros and, and the Democratic Party. The yeah. Funny how they would show up and there's a pallet of bricks for them to get. Hmm. How does that happen? Just yeah. out in the middle of nothing. Here's a pallet Just of bricks. On a Where did that corner. come from? Yeah, yeah. it was it happened in Minneapolis, nope. happened in... Uh, uh, Portland, I think. Yeah. Yep. It, it yep. Just... Portland had it too. Uh, there was another, uh, yeah, another one where, uh, I think they were doing downtown Seattle did same thing yeah. where all of a sudden there's these pallets of bricks that just, where did they come from and how long have they been there where they weren't needed for anything, but rioting with. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was the, uh, the summer of love in 2020. <laughs> yeah. Is that what we're going to call it? Uh, uh, this, uh, the Polish prime minister though, I give him kudos. Uh, he speaks very good English. He does. He does. And uh, I could, <laughs> he had a pause where he went and all of this stuff that's being, <laughs> there was a, <laughs> he censored himself because mm -hmm. that isn't what he was thinking. No, no. <laughs> but that, that tells you that his English is so good that he thought a cuss word instead of, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, it was that. I, oh, I probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, and at the same time, here in America, we're shooting ourselves in the foot. You know, we, we were talking uh, last week that George Santos was kicked out of the Congress uh, for, so, forget this, misusing money and lying. <laughs> 
I mean, it seems like if you if you Google politician, that's like the first <laughs> the first description, is it not? Um, <laughs> meanwhile, we have Jamal Bowman who broke the law pulling a fire alarm during a vote that uh, he didn't want to have happen. Uh, we also have members of the squad seeing blatant anti-Semitic stuff over and over again, and they're still sitting in Congress. Now, granted, Jamal Bowman just had his uh, censure, which is basically a letter of <laughs> reprimand that he gets thrown in his file, and it's over. Um, oh, oh no. Know, exactly. Ow, the back of my hand. And now we got, uh, we had a small four seat majority uh, prior to, to George Santos getting kicked out. And now that Santos is gone, Kevin McCarthy says, I'm leaving in a few weeks. I just can't take it anymore. And I'm of course, my bullet going home. And now he's talking like a what he truly is, is just a Democrat from California. I, I mean, that's kind of the way I saw him before the whole. Uh, yeah, I did too. He was rhino yeah. just. He said, I'm going to do this stuff. All right, I'll give him a chance. He didn't do it. He went back to being a rhino. It's like, hey, no. And Patrick McHenry, the guy who served uh, as speaker for that short period of time after Kevin McCarthy got thrown out, he said he's uh, he may serve out his term, but he's gone a after that, too. So it's like, you know, in, in, in one way, you can say it's good. We're getting rid of the, the rhinos. And Santos was a scumbag. I mean, you got to you got to give him the scumbag. But he was a vote in our direction. Um, but hopefully they get replaced by somebody that actually will will vote for the common sense uh, good instead of, you know all the crap that we are so used to them voting for or voting against. Well, a bunch of Democrats, when their stuff is up, they're resigning and leaving because they don't want to be investigated. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess, yeah, when uh, when Epstein's list is uh, getting ready to be uh, uh, exposed. Yeah, it's not going to be very good. If your name's on that list, side. you better do something else. Um, yep. Speaking of the GOP, they had a, uh, their fourth debate this past week, and uh -huh. uh, there were some moments that were noteworthy. As I've said before, I'm leery of any politician or pundit uh, that changes their mind so drastically. Vivek is one of those people, because if you remember recently, wasn't that long ago, a couple of years ago, he was pro-lockdown, pro-vaccine. Uh, that was, wasn't that long ago. Anyway, um, Vivek called out Nikki Haley this week and I thought he was just being mean, uh, but I did some research and, uh, it's not just being mean. And I think those with foreign policy experience, one thing that Joe Biden and Nikki Haley have in common is that neither of them could even state for you three provinces in Eastern Ukraine that they want to send our troops to actually fight for. Look at that. Mm -hmm. This is what I want people to understand. These people have, I mean, she has no idea what the hell the names of those provinces are, but she wants to send our sons and daughters and our troops and our military equipment to go fight it. <laughs> you know, at least I appreciate him saying it, whether he believes it or not, whether he is just a mouthpiece for, for whatever. I appreciate that somebody's out there saying these things. Um, so why is Nikki Haley... And, and you may know this answer, and, and, and I normally don't ask you questions unless I know you know. Um, why is <laughs> oh, Nikki my God. Yes. Study real quick. Um, why is Nikki Haley so interested in keeping financial and, uh, and, and, and military support for Ukraine? Why, did, why is she so interested in keeping that going? You know? Well, there's a big train of Republicans and Democrats that uh, we give them so much money. It's like a rebate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, again, like you said, follow the money. Here's a there, yep. uh, here's a recent endorse, endorsement for Nikki Haley and, uh, and a little bit of her reaction. When it comes to people like Jamie Dimon and others, I'm thrilled that they want to support us. We'll take all the support we can. 
If you're not sure who Jamie Dimon is, Jamie Dimon is the CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase. J.P. Morgan Chase, mm-hmm. uh, just to link this uh, further, he had recently announced that the delegation from their company traveled to Kiev or Kiev uh, to meet with Zelensky, reaching an agreement to advise the country how to rebuild and re-energize their economy. I'm supposing this is after the war is over. Uh, under the terms of the, of the agreement, J.P. Morgan will be be providing its expertise in restructuring strategies, asset management, etc., and will also identify opportunities to help Ukraine establish economic ties to Europe. So J.P. Morgan has skin in the game, looking to make possibly billions of dollars over money that the U.S. government may send to Ukraine. <laughs> and Nikki, That's Hitt- why I won't do business with them. And all of a sudden, they're... Did, I think the endorsement just came out last week with Nikki Haley's been endorsed by J.P. Morgan. Hmm. Yeah, and she also point. wants to have everyone that is uh, on any social media of any kind has to do a uh, background check or uh, have to put your prove that your, your real name prove is on that there. you are who you are. Yeah. You've got to be so that we know who where you're at and can get you if you say something we don't like. <laughs> Uh, oh, like they're okay. doing now, you um, mean? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's called tyranny Cent- and no. censorship. And, Screw you. Yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, we're up against a break. We come back. We're going to talk a little bit more about that debate. We've got a few more things that Vivek has said, which is pretty interesting. And um, so hang in there. We'll be right back. Christmas time. Christmas time. It is Christmas time. Ho, ho, ho. Just got your Christmas bonus check. Now you're walking through the mall like a boss. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Join the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society to help light the night and bring hope. Light the Night is a nationwide event that brings communities together to honor, remember, and celebrate those who have been afflicted with blood cancers. Lift your lanterns high and help shine a path to a cancer-free future. Be a part of Light the Night and find your local event at lightthenight.org. Let's light up the night and make a difference together. That's lightthenight.org to get involved. Welcome back to Stay Off My Lawn, segment three, uh, more than halfway. Uh, we're still in the middle of this um, GOP debate from last week. Uh, Vivek, again, uh, one eye, if I could throw up one eye like uh, like Richard can, then I would, I would keep that on him. Um, but anyway, he's been saying a lot of good things. He called out the climate change crazies, which uh, I always appreciate that. That is this climate change agenda that is shackling this country like a set of handcuffs. I said it the first debate and I stand by it. The climate change agenda is a hoax because it has nothing to do with the climate. That's what we have to see. 98% reduction in the climate disaster related deaths in the last century. Eight times as many people are going to die of cold temperatures this year than warm ones. And if you thought COVID was bad, what's coming with this climate agenda is far worse. We should not be bending the knee to this new religion. That is what it is. It is a substitute for a modern religion. We are flogging ourselves and losing our modern way of life, bowing to this new God okay. of climate. And that will end on my watch. Thank it's you, the most Ambassador Haley. That's coming up. 
Yeah. You, did you see that? Uh, I sent you a movie. Uh, it's about an hour long, and I'm trying to remember the name of it off the top of my head. Let me see here. Um, anyway, it's about the climate change thing. Um, and, and, and it's not just an opinion piece. It, it kind of breaks everything down, talks to people who are actual, um, 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 experts in that field and that have studied it and, uh, in, in, a with a clear head it's on YouTube. It's called the climate, a climate conversation. And it's hosted by a lady from, um, from Colorado. She has a radio show out there and I cannot think of her name off the top of my head, but anyway, she, um, if you just search YouTube for a climate conversation, um, it's about an hour long, uh, but it breaks everything down and explains why they like to look at just the last 150 years as opposed to uh, as opposed to the last 500 years or a thousand years, uh, which I think Richard has said many times in the past, they, they're looking at ice cores. They're looking at, uh, different things. They, they were growing citrus fruit, uh, fruits up by Hadrian's wall in, uh, in Great Britain, which cannot be done today. <laughs> Not even no. close. Um, so, no. I mean, well, there at one time they had hippopotamus yeah. were, uh, it on Great Britain. I mean, on the, on the island. And historically, we, and that was something I learned through this whole thing too, is that uh, the people of the planet have done, have thrived, have done so much better when it's in a warming period. Um, and if you look at the cycles, and I don't know, I'll be honest, I, I have no idea how they know what the climate was like from a million years ago. I mean, I, I don't think anybody is truly they convinced. Had, I, I watched a little bit of that and it's drilling down because the ice stuff in Antarctic has been there forever. Yeah. So they can drill down. They don't need much of a, like a, the size of your little finger. And they drill these cores that go way down mm. and it's like levels of it's sediment like, and all kinds of other like stuff. And they can they tell what the, yeah. the climate was based on what they see. And when they're going down through this, sure, it's just sure. fascinating. It is fascinating. But they, they said there's been like four big cycles that they know of, uh, of, of where the planet got 10 degrees warmer and then 10 degrees colder. And they said, you know, just because if the polar ice, ice caps, if, uh, if they did melt theoretically, um, just like if you had a glass full of ice that it wouldn't overflow, you would not have, uh, the beaches all gone because the, <laughs> because the temperature went up two or three degrees or 10 degrees or whatever. It, it just wouldn't happen. It just, it, everything displaces itself and it would, it would be just fine. It wouldn't really be. But anyway, they said that the human race thrived during the warmer periods. You had, you know, the, the larger empires of the, of the world, uh, the Assyrians, the Babylonians, that was during one of the warming periods. Then you had the Romans and it, it, it's always a positive thing for the planet because you had more food available. You had explosions in population. It, it, it's extremely fascinating and it is coming from um, the angle of what the science is as opposed to any, they, they drew no political con conclusions. They just said th these are the facts and they did say though that if uh, anybody does talk against those facts even though behind closed doors around the water cooler at the uh, at the coffee machine they all agree the water, the, the, okay. the, the water the, will you stop <laughs> <laughs> i'm not like no god today those are 
classic. I, I Those st- are the best. I, I start, anyway, I start yes, you're absolutely correct. It is yeah. just fascinating. And they're trying to BS stuff to get more money out of people. Mm-hmm. And it's it, they're losing their narrative. It's going away faster than they can give a BS speech. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's exactly what it is. And but there's still so many people. I know people that is like, well, but they say, they say that, you know, we keep driving cars and it's like, you got to stop with the, they say, you know, just. Who's they? We, exactly. What, what scientist was paid to say that? Because mm-hmm. that's exactly what it is, is they're not scientists. They're, you want to be a scientist? Here's a hundred thousand dollars. We'll give it to your endowment. And you say this and. Yeah. We'll give you another hundred thousand. I'll send you a copy and pasted email every week for you to say, you know, yeah. But like you said, I mean, there's, there's, uh, there's so much money and corruption that, that drives all this. It has nothing to do with anything else. And anyway, um, he did go after Vivek, uh, went after the monster that we all know is the corruption of our federal government again, which, uh, uh, of course that was, uh, a Donald Trumpism also. The real enemy is not Donald Trump. It's not even Joe Biden. It is the deep state that at least Donald Trump attempted to take on. And if you want somebody who's going to speak truth to power, then vote for somebody who's going to speak the truth to you. Why am I the only person on the stage, at least, who can say that January 6th now does look like it was an inside job, that the government lied to us for 20 years about Saudi Arabia's involvement in 9-11, that the great replacement theory is not some grand right wing conspiracy theory but a basic statement of the Democratic Party's platform, that the 2020 election was indeed stolen by big tech, that the 2016 election, the one that Trump won for sure, was also one that was stolen from him by the national security establishment. Very interesting. He's he's ruffled some feathers. Uh, He he upset um, some political commentators, too. Like, uh, did (laughs) did you hear Van Jones and his response to all this? Excuse me. No. Uh, But it's, uh, yeah, he's ruffling because no longer is this the most secure election in history is a it's being debunked faster than they can spit it out. It's it's garbage. And the news media, somebody's somehow or another, this crap's got to be put a stop to because yeah. uh, what they're doing is um, treason, in my opinion, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Every week or two, you find out more about the machines that were you know, somehow corrupted or, uh, or, or, or certified when they shouldn't have been. And, uh, you know, Georgia, hopefully people will follow in Georgia's footsteps as far as getting rid of those, uh, dominion voting machines. It, it just, it needs to happen nationwide. We need to, at yep. least for national elections, you, uh, Richard and I were talking just recently is like, I'm not a big, um, fan of the federal government making, uh, sweeping laws that the whole country has to follow. But I think when it comes to federal elections, I think we need to go back to paper ballots, in-person voting, and that's it. I'm really sorry. If you can somehow get your butt dragged there, then that's one thing. Uh, or if you're in the military or if you're in a home or something, that's a different thing. But if you are an able-bodied person, you, you don't get to, um, to mail in your vote like they do in Oregon. So, uh, yeah, that's why the Democrats have been in charge in Oregon for so long. Uh, in Idaho, you can vote absentee, not by mail. You go in and do the same thing you would do as if you're going to your precinct. You have to show your ID mm-hmm. and what precinct. Okay. Uh, let's like, Oh, there you are. Yep. Okay. We're going to mark you as being voted because you were there. It's got to be in person. None of this, uh, BS. And then 
they've gone to a lot of electronic machines, and I'm not a fan. Yeah, I'm not either. And in Georgia, it, it, at the very least, whenever I've gone to vote, now we have early voting. It's about like two weeks ahead of time. Um, and a lot of people don't like it. I personally like it because you can go in there at on a, on a random Thursday at 2 o'clock, and you can go right in and do your thing. Now, uh, it's not all electronic either. You go in, you have to show your ID, you, you fill out your paper, you show your ID to the lady. She's got this big binder thing, and she finds your name in that binder, because whatever, considering whatever district you're in, and then they check mark that you voted. So it's actually on paper. It's not just an electronic footprint that you're leaving. There's actual paper trail that you voted. So nobody can come in behind me and go, well, that wasn't me, you know, or, or whatever they do. Um, so I do appreciate that. I, I like that anyway. Um, yep. so yeah. So anyway, vote in person, uh, this, uh, because, uh, Trump won all 50 states for the in-person, in-person vote. voting. Yep. Yep. And Biden and won all 50 states. Hanky real quick. Yep. Uh, Biden won every state if he only counted mail-in vote votes. If that doesn't somehow wake you up, then maybe you're not, you're not, uh, you don't have a pulse at all. Um, but anyway, uh, Vivek did upset Van Jones. He's over at CNN and, uh, <laughs> this is what he had to say. It's in a smug, condescending way that he just spews this poison out is very, very dangerous because he won't stop Trump, but he's going to outlive Trump by about 50 years. And you're watching the rise of an American demagogue that is a very, very despicable person. Yeah. And I, I'm, I literally, I, I was, I was shaking listening to him talk, because a lot of people don't know, that is one step away from Nazi propaganda coming out of his mouth. First of all, let me let me let me address. Wow, something. is that the pot color, the kettle black? <laughs> they ought to know what propaganda is. I'm telling you, they are the king of it. And, Good and gravy. Calling him a Nazi, first of all. But anyway, uh, well, that's what they do. They start doing name calling yes. because, and they start accusing the right of doing what they're actually doing. Of it's course. like, wait a minute. It's typical bait and switch, right? I mean, um, but you know, I I, I have to, um, I have to address the whole, I was shaking because of what he had to say. Now, I think if you've got enough testosterone in your body, at the very (laughs) least, what somebody has to say, even if I don't agree with them vehemently, uh, it's not going to make me shake. What happened to you, man? Did he go to his safe space so he could feel better? He might have. He might have. I think I need a cookie. I mean, what what is that? That was just weird to me that he was literally, maybe he was using the word literally wrong. It seems like he should be... A better wordsmith than that, if that's uh, if that's what he did. But accusing uh, Vivek of what they've been doing for years, yep, yep. propaganda BS. They know the story is false, and they do it anyway. Well, they call him a Nazi and and a, and a, what was the other one? fascist because they can't call him a racist because because <laughs> he's a brown guy from first generation immigrant. And then, of course, if you know anything about the uh, the whole replacement uh, theory and uh, and everything. It's like, you know, for, for that to come out of his mouth is very interesting, um, at the very least, being a first-generation immigrant um, but or a second-generation immigrant. So, I don't know. It, it, it's He's saying all the right things. I still don't trust him as far as I could throw him. But, you know, I'll, uh, yeah. I'll let him say the right things, and maybe it'll wake up the other three people that were on stage with him. 
Probably not, but anyway. <laughs> um, Mandy Cohen, the, she's the new CDC oh, director. <laughs> no, it's not a, her, no. The, there's not a video of this, but she brushed the dust off the old talking points from almost four years ago. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> and Five Bucks says this kind of rhetoric will only ramp up as we move forward towards this next election. I oh, guarantee yes. it. Get your updated COVID and flu vaccines and your RSV vaccine if you're over 60. It's not too late to get vaccinated if you haven't already. And use additional layers of protection, like avoiding people who are sick, washing your hands, improving ventilation, and wearing a mask. And if you do get sick, I know it's hard, but stay home so you don't spread germs to others. And get tested so you know what you have and you can get treatment. Wear a mask. I knew it was coming. Where have I heard that stuff yes. before? Oh, it's going to come to me eventually. I'm surprised you didn't mention stay six feet away from other people, even if you're healthy. <laughs> uh, Hell yeah. And wear a mask. They've already proven it doesn't do squat. I know. But I know. Okay. She, it, it, that's, but that's the old talking point. I think maybe, maybe that was supposed to be left off, but they copy and pasted the whole message <laughs> from 2020. And, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, who knows. Well, we were, we were talking earlier about this and, and the CDC, it wasn't that long ago that when they would have something, it's like, oh, they're the center for disease control. Oh, there must be something really bad if they're talking about it. Nobody listens to them anymore. No. No. It's the boy who cried wolf one time too many and people just going, yeah, well, something's coming. It's cold and flu season. It happens every year. Shut up and go away. Exactly. Exactly. They never pressured us for getting the, the flu vaccine like they are this year. I don't know if you've seen Travis Kelsey and, and oh, all yeah. these. No, I don't. Um, I, I Because I'm not in that uh, Petri dish, I would get it most every year when I was. But with what they've been doing and. From Pfizer, screw you. Yep. I ain't getting nothing that's got that P on it. That's for damn sure. Pfizer and Moderna, I'm, I'm, I don't care if they've got the cure for, uh, for cancer. <laughs> I'm not taking it. They can have it. Um, anyway, we're up against a break. When we come back, we're going to hear from our friend and congressman, Byron Donalds. He has a lot to say about uh, what's going on with the crime family that lives in the White House. So. <laughs> Yay. Yay. We'll be right back. Christmas time. Christmas time. It is Christmas time. Ho, ho, ho. December 24th and all is bright. Yeah, because you're lit up like the Christmas tree. Ready to party. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. With more ways than ever to connect to news and entertainment, 90% of new car buyers want that tried and true AM FM radio option. That's because your local radio stations are reliable, trustworthy, and bring you a local connection that can't be replicated. Not to mention, it's free. No subscription or cellular data required. More than 80 million Americans each month depend on AM for their news, weather, local sports and entertainment, plus talk radio. Help keep AM radio an option in new cars. Text AM to 52886. You'll get an auto-filled email letter to send to Congress urging them to keep AM radio in cars. Again, text AM to 52886. Brought to you by your friends at the Stay Off My Lawn podcast. All 
right, welcome back to Stay Off My Lawn. Segment four, we are almost done. Sit down, don't even get up, stay where you're at. Uh, Our friend and Congressman Byron Donalds, who represents the district of uh, just south of my hometown in Florida, is not letting the Biden crime family off the hook. You know, I I have to say, thank God for these guys like this. I mean, because otherwise I'd have no hope at all in in our federal government. But this is a little bit of a long clip, uh, longer than we normally play. Um, but it's he's got all the facts and uh, that will be brought up again in the impeachment case. So uh, you'll uh, yeah, you'll... We've, we've babbled enough today. We've got two things coming up for you. You're not going to hear much of us in this no, segment. No. So you can applaud now. It's quite all right. I'm going to take a nap. This is a little a couple of minutes. <laughs> Here's uh, Congressman Byron Donalds. Mr. Speaker, President Biden consistently has stated that he never discussed businesses with Hunter Biden's associates. That is a lie. Let me repeat that even for the colleagues across the aisle. It is a lie. Throughout our extensive investigation and from the lips of credible witnesses, it is abundantly clear that the Biden family business is Joe Biden. Let me emphasize, there is no Biden family business except for Joe Biden's 40 plus year career in Washington, D.C. That has been the family business. As a member of the House Committee on Oversight and Accountability, we have followed the paper trail. We've conducted our investigation by the book. We have discovered damning evidence, and we continue to do so every day. Our investigation has led to some alarming and eye-opening findings, which point to the president's knowledge and involvement in illegal business transactions. For example, in 2018, James Biden, the president's brother, received $600,000 in a loan from AmeriCorps, a financially distressed, failing rural hospital operator. Bankruptcy court documents suggested that James Biden received these loans based upon representations that his last name, Biden, could open doors in the Middle East based on his political connections. Now, we all know James Biden doesn't have political connections. Joe Biden, his brother, has political connections. Specifically, AmeriCorps wired a $200,000 loan into the account of James and Sarah Biden. Here's what makes the evidence damning. On the same day, James Biden wrote a $200,000 check from the same account addressed to his brother, Joe Biden. And for the American people, the brother of James Biden is the president of the United States. Next example is an email obtained by the committee from a Hunter Biden associate mentioning that 10% of the relevant joint venture that held by Hunter for the big guy, 10% of a a relevant joint venture was held for the big guy. At this point in the committee's investigation, we've established that Joe Biden is the big guy through the web of transactions that purposefully tried to hide the big guy's involvement, let me stress again that Joe Biden is the Biden family business. Let me illustrate an example of the confusing web of transactions. A Chinese company sent $5 million to a joint venture between Hunter and an associate. That same day, the joint venture sent $400,000 
to an entity that Hunter Biden controls alone. Less than a week later, Hunter Biden wired $150,000 from this entity to a company owned by James Biden and Sarah Biden, James Biden, the president's brother. Sarah Biden later withdrew $50,000 from the same company. Less than a week later, Sarah wrote a personal check to Joe Biden, AKA the big guy, AKA the president of the United States for $40,000. 10% of the 400,000 that was mentioned in the email by the associate to Hunter Biden. Another example is when a confidential human source overheard a Burisma executive claiming to have bribed then Vice President Joe Biden for $5 million. As I stated earlier, Joe Biden consistently says that he never discussed businesses with Hunter Biden's associate. This was a blatant lie by the commander in chief and the American people deserve to know the truth. Joe Biden never went, never thought that the oversight committee would get this far in its investigation. And additional damning evidence will soon be revealed to the American people. This leads me to my next point. The Foreign Agents Registration Act or commonly known as FARA. To be clear, Hunter Biden has never, and I repeat, never registered as a foreign agent, despite his lucrative work being done on behalf of foreign interests and his many travels on Air Force Two. And that wasn't just because he missed his dad. Specifically, Hunter has been documented business transactions with a Chinese government-based energy company called CEFC. Interestingly enough, the same company, CEFC, is the same one that is affiliated with the company that sent $5 million to Hunter Biden. How is this not the definition of being and acting as a foreign agent? Paul Manafort was convicted for far less. The time is now to open up an impeachment investigation pertaining to the president's direct link to blatant corruption pay-for-play tactics, and acting as a co-conspirator to the crimes committed by his family on behalf of Joe Biden himself. The committee will continue to do our due diligence. We will not be worried about the distractions from the Democrats and from the press. We will dig through the confusing web of Biden LLCs, which I will add, Mr. Speaker, the confusion of these, of these companies and the confusion of these transactions are, were done on purpose to conceal this money from the American people, and I will also add, to conceal the money from the Internal Revenue Service. Because you know, Joe Biden likes to talk about everybody paying their fair share, except him, and except his son. They're not concerned about a fair share. We're gonna continue to uncover all of this. And we're gonna answer and uncover all of the information that is gonna outline exactly why, in my opinion, representing the 19th District of Florida, why Joe Biden deserves to be impeached. Mr. Speaker, the President of the United States has taken money from foreign sources. Meanwhile, the world is on fire. Is the President compromised? Do agents in the Chinese government have the upper hand on the President of the United States while our enemies are on the move? These are serious questions that the House of Representatives has a responsibility to answer. And the way to get all that information is through the impeachment inquiry, which will continue here in the People's House. And with that, I yield back.
That list was long and. Uh, <laughs> oh, but according to the detailed. Democrats, I just saw one uh, weasel uh, last night saying, oh, there's no credible evidence again. Oh, there's a lot of credible evidence. Yeah. Didn't Mitt Romney say that? Never yes. And Romney that. said the same thing. Oh, there's, they have no evidence on, really, they've got bank records. They've got, uh, why do you need to have 22 uh, shell companies, meaning fake names to whitewash things through? How many do you uh, have? And let's see, last time I talked, let's see, carry the one, zero. Yeah, me too, me too. Maybe we're missing out on something. I mean, maybe there, there's a, a, a greater benefit because you can go from being, what he said, voted the, the poorest guy in Congress uh, to <laughs> having like mil, tens of millions of dollars all of a sudden. Uh, I mean, <laughs> the most- Obama went from uh, being a community organizer, mm. which uh, if you're reading the one book, as we talked about last week, mm. uh, that's not a good thing to no. be a community no. organizer from not having uh, anything from getting scholarships uh, at uh, universities to uh, now he's worth like $250 million. Yeah, it's uh, incredible. How did, how did that happen? Yeah, Biden went the same way. I think it was in uh, the year he left office, uh, the, the or the year the last year he was in office. Yeah, so he, I think he he just his went up exponentially all at one time. And somebody said yeah. it was about a book that he wrote. It's like I don't know anybody that wrote a that read any of his books. It's sort of like if no, I mean, come on, <laughs> you you have to be popular and known to have that. I, hopefully, he didn't do the audio book if he did. <laughs> He did because it's like there's an infrastructure decade. Like we had the beginning. Gosh, it was just awful. Anyway, uh we need a palate cleanser after that, don't we? Uh, yes, please. It's yes. been too much between CDC <laughs> spewing more garbage that nobody's listening to anymore. Uh, and if you are, eh, I'm sorry. I, I hope uh, nobody's listening. Yeah. It's time to yeah, let's yeah. Something that tastes better. Uh, Paul Harvey has another palate cleanser for us. It's another Christmas-themed one. And um, so here he is, and you should feel a lot better after this. The man I'm talking about was not a Scrooge now. He was a kind, a decent, a mostly good man, generous to his family and upright in his dealings with other men. But he just did not believe in all of that incarnation stuff which the churches proclaim at Christmas time. It just did not make sense. And he was too honest to pretend otherwise. He could not swallow the Jesus story about God coming to earth as a man. He told his wife, I'm truly sorry to distress you, but I'm just not going with you to church this Christmas Eve. He said he'd feel like a hypocrite, that he'd much rather just stay home, but that he would wait up for them. So he stayed and they went to the midnight service. Now, shortly after the family drove away in the car, snow began to fall. He went to the window to watch the flurries getting heavier and heavier. Then he went back to his fireside chair, began to read his newspaper. Minutes later, he was startled by a thudding sound, and then another, then yet another. At first, he thought somebody must be throwing snowballs against the living room window. But when he went to the front door to investigate, he found a flock of birds huddled out there miserably in the snow, they had been caught in the storm in a desperate search for shelter. They had tried to fly through his large landscape window. That was what had been making the sound. Well, he couldn't let those poor creatures just lie there and freeze. So he remembered the barn where his children stabled their pony. 
That would provide a warm shelter. All he would have to do is direct the birds into that shelter. Quickly, he put on a coat and galoshes, and he tramped through the deepening snow to the barn, and he opened the doors wide. And inside the barn, he turned on a light so the birds would know the way in. But the birds did not come in. So he figured that food would entice them. He went back into the house and fetched some breadcrumbs and sprinkled those on the snow, making a trail of breadcrumbs to the yellow-lighted, wide-open doorway of the stable. But to his dismay, the birds ignored the breadcrumbs. The birds just continued to flop around helplessly in the snow. He tried catching them. He could not. He tried shooing them into the barn by walking around them, waving his arms, but instead they scattered in every direction, every direction except into the warm-lighted barn. And that's when he realized that they were afraid of him. They were afraid of him. To him, he reasoned, I'm a strange, terrifying creature. If only I could think of some way to let them know that they can trust me, that I'm not trying to hurt them but to help them. But how? Any move he made tended to frighten them and confuse them. They just would not follow. They would not be led or shooed because they feared him. And he thought to himself, if only I could be a bird now, I could be a bird and mingle with them and speak their language and tell them not to be afraid, then I could show them the way to the safe warm barn, but I would have to be one of them, wouldn't I? So they could see and hear and understand. At that moment, the church bells began to ring. The sound reached his ears above the sounds of the wind. And he stood there listening to the bells. Adeste Fidelis. Listening to the bells pealing the glad tidings of Christmas. And he sank to his knees in the snow. Paul Harvey, I hope for you and those you love, this will be a wonderfully Merry Christmas. Hmm. I don't know who he was talking about there, but uh, such a such a great illustration. <laughs> that must be one of the latter ones because that was a very good uh, recording too. Some yeah. of the early ones, it's like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like he was recording in, in the newsroom or whatever. Yeah. 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 He actually no, had some sound are, effects. They're always this. fascinating to yeah. listen to. Oh, I know it. I know it. Oh, anyway, we, uh, we are so glad that you're with us through this Christmas season. And I hope that blessed you. Uh, we are so, I hope you also were somewhat informed like we, we were and, uh, putting all this stuff together. Don't forget. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can just go to our website, stayoffmylawn.us, 
for all our past and present episodes. And all of our links are there as well for anything you need to check out. That's right. That's right. So we will see you next week, folks, and have a good day. It's been fun. Toodles. Well, we had fun and hope you did too. The opinions heard here today are not those of anyone other than Mike and Richard. If it made you laugh or go, hmm, or even, huh, then we've done our job. Sort of. Mostly, anyway. And if we made you think about things in a common sense manner, we welcome you to the club. And if it didn't, then just stay off my lawn. See you next time.